hands. Could you lift that heart to the Lord and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Come on. Can we wing around here? Can we honestly tell him, thank you for saving me. Thank you for raising me. Thank you for picking me up out of the fire like Tuesday night at the rock let me tell you you've come burdened you can leave with that burden lifted you've come with a broken heart you can leave with that heart mended and healed tonight I believe in the power of God somebody turn to your neighbor and say I believe in the power of God oh come say I believe in the power of God he's able he's able he's able he's able Oh, clap your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. It's an honor to be in the house of the Lord again tonight. And I give honor to GBFPC, every saint, and our guests that are here tonight. And I honor Bishop Frost. It's a pleasure to be with you. Oh, I love Bishop Frost and Sister Bishop. Amen, wherever she's at. Amen, God bless her. Tonight, my assignment is to attempt to lay a foundation for the remainder of my part in the revival that's happening here at GBFPC. And I truly want the Lord to make it plain and clear and I want the application to be given in such a way that everybody knows where to go for the next step. I believe the Holy Ghost will help us tonight if we'll open our hearts and our minds and our spirits. If we'll lay aside the weariness of this day, promise we're not going to take all night. But I really, really want to see God do something in this house that's miraculous. I want to see God touch hearts and change lives in this house tonight. If you believe he's able, why don't you shout amen? amen. Hallelujah. Turning in our Bibles to the book of Judges, the 15th chapter, we're going to begin reading at verse number 15. Judges, the 15th chapter, beginning at verse Number 15. We pick up a story about a hero, the judge in Israel by the name of Samson. He found a new jawbone of an ass and put forth his hand and took it and slew a thousand men therewith. And Samson said with the jawbone of an ass, heaps upon heaps, with the jawbone of an ass I have slain a thousand men. It came to pass when he had made an end of speaking that he cast away the jawbone out of his hand. And he called that place Ramoth Lehi. And he was sore athirst and called on the Lord and said, Thou hast given great deliverance into the hand of thy servant. And now shall I die for thirst and fall into the hand of the uncircumcised? But God. Hallelujah. But God. Clave a hollow place that was in the jaw, 
there came water thereout. When he had drunk, the spirit came again and he was revived. Wherefore he called the name thereof Enikorhe, which is in Lehi, unto this day. Tonight, as you can tell, I'm struggling with my voice, but I, I don't intend for that to, to, to inhibit the intensity in which I feel to deliver this word tonight. I really want God to help us. I really want God to help us. Could you lift your hands and your hearts just one more time? And I want you to pray this way. I want you to pray this way. God, would you tie me to your word and would you tie me to your spirit? God, would you tie me to your word and would you tie me to your spirit? Can we do that together? God, tonight, would you tie us to your word? And would you draw us closer to your spirit, God? For we need you, we need you, we need you, we need you. We give you honor, God, for what you've done. We thank you, God, for what you're about to do. We love you tonight, dear Jesus. Lord bless you, you can be seated. Thank you. Man, standing in honor to the reading of the word. There is an island on the Philippine, within the Philippine Islands called Leyte that is known as a, a certain beach that is known as Red Beach because during the Second World War, the bloodiest battle that took place was there on the island on the beach, Laity. October 20th, 1944 would commence the largest naval battle of the Second World War, all because of a general by the name of Douglas MacArthur that made a promise, the Philippine people, I shall return. See, MacArthur understood that the enemy had come in, the Japanese forces, and had taken something that did not belong to them. And he understood that people and their posterity and generations relied on an external force more powerful than themselves to take back that which belonged to them. This past weekend, we celebrated Resurrection Sunday. It was said by Jesus in John 10 and 10 that the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. I am thankful tonight that he came to seek and to save that which was lost. He understood that, that we needed a force that was more powerful than us to deliver us from the snare of the enemy. He understood that we needed 
a God to robe himself in flesh, to become like us, to dwell among us so that we could be like him. Hallelujah. I'm thankful tonight for his coming. This first coming, he came to seek and save that which was lost. But when he comes again, he's going to seek and to save that which is saved. You see, there is a significance in the return. There is a significance in the soon return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And for the next few moments, I'm just going to teach for a little while about the return. An old-fashioned message that perhaps is not preached in a lot of places, but I know it's preached here. And I've come just to add my voice and remind everybody that Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. Read a few scriptures here tonight and you're hearing to remind us. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believed in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go prepare a place for you, I will come again, and I'm going to receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may also be, and whither I go, the way you know. Tonight, I am stirred in my heart, because I know that he's coming back, but there's something else that I also know. I know the way. I may not know when he's coming back, but I know his ways. There are things that I don't understand about his will, but I do understand some things about his ways. And if I'm careful to follow his ways, I know that it's going to lead me to his will. I'm thankful to know that he's coming back. Can I read a couple more verses tonight? It's Bible study night. Take heed that no man deceive you. Many are going to come in my name saying I am in the Christ and are going to deceive many. You're going to hear of wars and rumors of wars, but don't let your heart be troubled. See that you don't be troubled, for all of these things must come to pass, for the end is not yet. Nation is going to rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There's going to be famine and pestilence, and earthquakes in divers places. All of these things are just the beginning of sorrows. It's often been said, if I was not an apostolic I would be ashamed, but in 2022, I would say that if I was not tongue-talking fool, and if I was not an apostolic full of the fire, I would be afraid. I would be sore afraid because we've got to be ready because at any moment, the eastern skies are going to part and he's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back. There are going to be two that are going to be in the field. One's going to be taken 
and the other's going to be left. There are going to be two women that are grinding at the mill. One's going to be taken and the other's going to be left. Watch therefore, for you do not know the hour in which the Lord is going to come back. And the admonition is so clear. Therefore, be also ready for in such an hour when you think not the son of man is going to come. I've come to just remind somebody of a simple message. Are you ready for him to come back? Are you ready for him to come back? Are you ready for him to come back when you wake up in the morning? Are you looking toward the eastern skies? Or are you too busy trying to gain another dollar, trying to gain another possession? Is his imminent return still on your mind when you wake up in the morning? Is his imminent return still on your mind when you put your head down on the pillow? I've come to remind you, Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. back. Hallelujah. I remember standing the gravestone that read June 17th, 1964, with that dash. And at the end of that dash was December 15th, 1997. And, and, and the words that were quoted by my mother as I looked at the grave of my father was this, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive, and remain under the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from with the shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ are going to rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And so for some, the message of the return of Christ may be troublesome and cause trauma, but for you and I, it's a comfort. It's a comfort. It's a comfort. It's a comfort. This world isn't getting better. Each day it's getting worse. But to me, I look and I lift up my eyes to the hills from which cometh my help. Can I say it one more time? Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. Does it bring comfort to your heart? Jesus is coming back. He's going to wipe all tears from our eyes. He's going to mend our broken hearts. There's going to be no sickness, no sorrow, no pain. Can somebody say it? Even so, come quickly. Come quickly. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. I'm looking for that blessed hope. 
I'm looking for that blessed hope. You hear that? That blessed hope in the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. There's something to be said about the return. There's something to be said about the return. Jesus entered into a certain village, and there met him ten men that were leprous. And they stood afar off, and they lifted up their voices. Oh, my, something just hit me. It doesn't matter what your situation may be, and you may feel like you're standing far off from the Lord, but if you'll lift your voice, <laughs> if you'll lift your voice, I'm telling you there's something about lifting your hands and lifting your voice. There's something about lifting your voice that will cause the master to draw nigh. And that's what these lepers did. And they said, Master, would you have mercy on us? And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves to the priest. And as they were walking to the priest, they were healed as they went. You talk about faith to start walking in a place where the law says you don't belong. Mm, Jesus. You talk about walking to the church house where you know the church People are going to be standing a little bit away from you, but you keep walking. And as you're walking, you're healed. I'm here. Oh, my. I got to stop. I'm getting so sidetracked. I'm feeling the Holy Ghost right now. If you're walking towards Jesus, don't let anything keep you back. If you've lifted your voice in the midnight hour, wondering where Jesus is, and you got his attention, and he said, go to GBFPC, baby, don't let anybody stop you oh yeah can I make it a little plainer don't let the pretty suits and fancy cars stop you because we were just like you when we started this walk don't let the long skirts and pretty hairdos stop you honey you are what this thing is all about we want you we want you to come and show yourself to the priest Just laying a foundation for revival tonight. Amen. The Holy Ghost is on me tonight. But something special happened for one of the ten. Can I say it? Something happened for the ten percent. <laughs> when he turned and went back to the Lord Jesus Christ and began to worship him, he was made whole. You want something for free? Oh, God help me tonight. Hallelujah, I should have started my timer. If you want your finances to be made whole, why don't you send one of the ten back to him? Yeah, I don't need to preach that here, hallelujah. Obviously. Obvious. But I'm telling you, if you want the whole to be made whole and touched and blessed by God, send back one of the ten. And when it came back, not only was he healed, but he was made whole. Naomi 
when she came back to the house of bread, that's what opened the door for Ruth uh, to be married to Obed. Uh, and that's what opened the door for Jesus to become a part of the lineage of Ruth when she returned. It was the prodigal son that left saying, give me. But he returned saying, make me. You see, there's something in the return that causes a realignment, that causes a reignition, that causes a reviving of passion and purpose. God, not only are you coming back, but I want to declare that during this revival, there are some men and women that are also going to come back. Oh, yeah. Not only, I'm going to say it again, not only are you coming back, Jesus, but there are some men and women in this revival that need a reigniting, a realigning, a refocusing, and Jesus, we are coming back. Turn to your neighbor and say, good Bible study tonight. I'm just laying a foundation. Hallelujah. Amen. Brother McAllister, if he'll come, give us hope. Hallelujah. Samson. Okay, but this is the deal, Pastor Brother. You can't start playing yet because you play better than I preach. Hallelujah. I don't want nobody to get distracted. Just, just, just sit there for a second and give them hope. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Samson found himself in a precarious position. At the crossroads of passion, there were 3,000 men of Judah, his brethren that showed up and said, we're going to bind you and we're going to take you back to the Philistines. Do you see what you have done in causing and stir in the enemy's camp. Now the enemy's coming back for us. We're taking you back. We're taking you back to be dealt with and judged by their hand. Have you ever been in a place when you prayed and it seemed like the situation only got worse? Have you been in a place where you fasted for a lost loved one and it seemed like that lost loved one only got worse? And you're in a place all alone where nobody seems to understand where you are. That's where Brother Samson was. And Brother Samson was in need of a victory that day. And the Bible says that he found and the Bible's careful to tell us he found a new jawbone. And he took that new jawbone and he slew 1,000 men with that new jawbone. See, the jawbone was not new in the amount of time that it had been on earth, but it was new to him. 
And when that victory came, Samson sang, Heaps upon heaps have I slain with this new tool. And he rejoiced. But there came a time in that moment of victory that Samson cast away that tool. See, when the victory comes, you got to be careful what you do. Oh, Holy Ghost, when you're high on the mountaintops, looking down at the valley of your slain enemies, you got to be careful what you do. I'm afraid, oh God, that at times we can win a victory that is so great. And in the moment when the pressure's bearing down, we find ourselves praying like we never prayed before, fasting like we never fasted before. But on the mountaintop, that new tool can sometimes be cast away. Oh, I'm preaching right now. And we've got to understand that this thing that brought the victory we cannot let go of. You'll begin to play Brother McAllister. That's why the writer in Hebrews says, cast not away. Therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. You see, GBFPC, we did not begin in the spirit and are now made perfect by the flesh. You know what the foundation of this revival is? Like Samson, he found himself weary. There are some people in this house today that are weary. You're weary in your walk with God. You come and you sing the songs of Zion. But the feeling is not there. You come and you lift your hands. But the, the feeling and the awe of newness has been cast away. And for this revival, We're going to go back. We're all of us are going to go back to the place. The place of dedication where God opened that anointing and began to pour it out. The place of consecration where you wanted God more than anything else in the world. We're going to go back to the tool that brought the victory. But this time, we're going to find that the finger of God has touched that tool. And in that tool, there's going to be a revival, a restoration.
a realignment, a reignition of passion, a reignition of love. No longer is it just going to be knocking on another door, reaching out for another T-Rocket, but there's going to be a love. There's going to be a love. Because when that door opens, and we see a mom or a dad that's strung out on drugs. It's not going to be just those ones over there, but it's going to be, but for the grace of God, that could have been me. And I found myself again. I found myself again at the place where it all began. I wish tonight, I wish tonight that I could minister with the voice of a man I never knew. I wish tonight that the anointing of an old man of the name of I.H. Terry would come on me. That that passion for the city of Bakersfield would fill all of our hearts like it did for him when he first drove up. We wouldn't look at it the way that we do now. We'd look at it the way it was back then. God, there are souls here that you want to save. Take me back, God. Take me Take me back. This is the foundation for the revival that we're about to have at GBFPC. This is how I feel like doing it tonight. If you want to go back, I'm going to ask you to reverently stand. If you want to go back, to a place of passion and anointing like you've never known. I'm asking you, would you please stand? Oh my. <laughs> There's no amount of practice and preparation that can replace the power of one prayer meeting. There's no attention to detail that can replace a single touch of the anointing of God. There is no frustration where you are that one day of fasting cannot break. I'm saying, GBFPC, let's go back. Let's go back. Let's go back. Let's go back. I, I know that we're in a beautiful building. But can we go back to an old building in our spirits where it isn't as comfortable, where all there is to decorate the walls is passion and desire. I know the 
pews are filled. But can we go back to a place where it's just a few of us and the pews are empty and we could have that same hunger and desire? God, let's fill this place up with hungry souls. Does anybody tonight, this isn't an altar call where we pour it out and away and cry and, and we leave knowing, but this is a foundation. And tonight I'm asking us, would you like to come and gather at the well with me for a little while and let's dedicate to God. I'm going back. I'm going back. Singers, you can sing and, and let's dedicate to, for this next little while, God. I'm going to go to that place.